Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. You have undoubtedly noticed over the past couple of years that I go out of my way to avoid talking about shootings or mass shootings or violence. There have been times that it's been unavoidable. They've been national tragedies. We see in entire towns like Uvalde, Texas, and what transpired there and how it changed so many people's lives and was such a tragedy and the entire country felt it. But from shooting to shooting, I don't spend much time on the podcast talking about them, and I'm not going to spend much time talking about the one at Michigan State University on Monday night. What I'm gleaning from all this now that makes me really sad, not just the tragedy and the death, which is horrible and horrific, but we have people dying every day in this country for a wide variety of reasons. What has me really bothered is the immediate politicization of these events. And it occurs instantly now. There is no low, too low for any politician. And I'll give you two examples on each side of the aisle here today in relation to Michigan State. What we know is, and will not be reported very much, this is not, the story quickly becomes gun control. Okay? Oh, we have three dead. At Michigan State, we have five in critical condition. A madman, a 43-year-old man, went wild with a handgun, walked around campus, completely unrelated to the university, and starts shooting college kids. Why he targeted students, nobody's even asking. Who is the man? Doesn't really matter, but we've learned it is a 43-year-old black male who walked around campus with a handgun, targeted students, and then after he fled and cops approached him, he shot himself and killed himself. That's what we know. First and foremost, with any of these things, if someone is willing to kill and then kill themselves, or that is their goal, it cannot be stopped. And it really has very little to do with guns. There's a lot of different ways people can kill and then kill themselves. We watched the World Trade Centers collapse on this premise. I wondered for years and years and years, because we didn't used to see a lot of this, why, if people are going to, if they're mad and they're crazy and they're going to take their own life anyway, why they don't do something to gain attention for themselves on the way out? And that's all this is. This is a mental health crisis. It is a cry for help. Anyone who does this is insane and crazy. And we can put things in a box and say, is it possible a 43-year-old black man was targeting white college students? Maybe, I don't know all the facts around this thing. Maybe it was. Maybe this was a hate crime. Maybe this was a race crime. I'm sick of all that. What we have is a mental health crisis in this country. Anyone that goes around and kills other people and then shoots themselves in the head is somebody that needs to be dealt with in our society before this occurs. These crazy people are going to get guns, whether guns are legal in this country or not. The cartel and the criminals all have guns. You think cartel members are running around the United States going in and getting background checks done on themselves so they can get automatic weapons and carry out all their drug dealings in this country? No, they're not. This is not a gun issue. Gretchen Whitmer, immediately the governor of Michigan, holds a news conference the next morning. While the entire state is grieving and they're horrified with what transpired, she announces to the entire country, this is a uniquely American problem, which it is most certainly not, and that children are scared to go to school, and that may be the case, but I don't know many kids that are, 
that afraid to go to school because of guns. Some of them are scared. We're totally scared to go because of COVID. We know that. We know we scared millions of children and convinced them that school was a bad place for them. It could kill them because of COVID. We did that to them. The residual effect of all of the last three years is a mental health crisis in this country. People were locked down. They were antisocial. It is bad. We know it's bad. We know the lockdowns were bad. We know that we knew, we instinctively knew they were wrong. We immediately saw that there were very few people dying from COVID. There were a lot of people dying that had underlying conditions, age, obesity, cancer, whatever it may be, that got COVID and died. We didn't see a lot of healthy people get COVID and die. It just didn't happen. Yet we changed everything. And the aftermath of this is a mental health crisis in the United States, and I don't think it's going to get much better. But I digress beyond the incident. We don't need to discuss it. There's plenty of news out there for you to follow. If you want to go find out all the information about the Michigan State shooting, you can do that. That's not what we do here. Gretchen Whitmer decided she was going to make a political stand with this. She now had something in her state to vault her on a national level to get people talking about her and her stance about gun control. Equally bad and insensitive, although no particular issue and no discussion of the incident, was Nikki Haley, who has announced that she's running for president. Is this insensitive? Well, I can tell you where it's insensitive. It's insensitive to the people of Michigan. I can promise you right now, Nikki Haley just lost Michigan. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have something happen like this in the state of Michigan. And it is all anybody in Michigan is thinking about, one of the ultimate swing states in the election. You don't have that happen. The entire state consumed by that. And go on with your announcement at 7 a.m. on Tuesday morning because you've planned it for months to roll it out on this day. The day after the day after the Super Bowl was Nikki Haley's plan. I get it. Let the football get out of the way. Let the hype the next day get out of the way. Tuesday's a perfect day to do it. They've been planning this for months, and then this happens. Now, she's not using the incident for politics, but it is an insensitive thing by a politician in deference to what transpired in Michigan. And it's equally bad. It's equally stupid. Politicians are the worst of us. They're just the worst of us. There's so many of them that I want to like. I vote for them all the time. I vote on policy. I don't vote on the person. It doesn't bother me that Donald Trump is mean. It doesn't bother me. It would bother me a lot more to vote for someone that is seen as insensitive, which I think Nikki Haley will be seen as, especially in Michigan, maybe not nationally. She should have at least waited until what? This afternoon or tomorrow morning or I don't know. You got a madman at, at 9 o'clock last night running around the campus of Michigan State, and at 7 a.m. this morning, you announce your candidacy? It's at the very, at the very least, it's, it's not leader-like. It shows that everything is calculated and predetermined, and you're not making decisions. What Americans want to vote for is somebody to make decisions. That's what's so frustrating to Americans right now about Joe Biden. We see a guy's balloons are flying over and security issues are happening in this country as being a leader that's not making any decisions. We don't think he's involved at all. They send John Kirby out to talk about it. Kareem Jean-Pierre goes out and tells us it's not aliens. It's not UFOs from outer space. This is it. We have no response from the president of the United States about our jets 
firing Sidewinder missiles at small vessels in the sky and downing them. And he's just out. Biden's nowhere. There's just nothing. Now there are unconfirmed reports. Unconfirmed. We'll wait to see what happens. We may have shot down one of our own weather balloons and didn't know it. That's possible. It's not confirmed. There are reports out there, but it's not confirmed. And all we want to do is go vote for somebody that we think will be in charge, that will handle something, and not just deal with things every single time based on politics. How we get there is an unknown to me. I don't know how we get to a place where people want to go be in office to do good for America and put that ahead of their own personal career. I don't know how we get there. I don't have the answer. It truly is the weakness and the flaw in our republic. And it's gotten worse as our leaders become more and more famous and have more and more power by getting there and loving it and want to stay in power and no term limits over much of this. It seems impossible to stop. The only thing term limited in D.C. is the president. You could sit there in the House forever. You could sit there in the Senate forever. Nobody's going to stop you. It's a sad state of affairs. And we saw it on two different occasions with two high-profile female politicians that have aspirations of the White House. Neither one will sniff the White House, by the way. Nikki Haley has no chance. Gretchen Whitmer has no chance. Zero. But they both have that for aspirations. And what did they do? In the wake of this, one used the event, Gretchen Whitmer, to boost herself up. The other ignored the event as if, as if some sort of narcissist that's like, it doesn't, nothing matters, I'm going forward. I planned this, we put all this work into this, we're launching today. And I can only imagine what the people of Michigan think of Nikki Haley announcing or the campaign ads that will, if she ever were the candidate, which she won't be, the campaign ads that would say, Nikki Haley launched her presidency nine hours after the mass shooting at Michigan State University. That's how much she thinks about and cares about Michiganders. I can see the spot. But it doesn't matter. They're calculated. They have careers. It's on for all of them. And it's very frustrating. Mass shootings. Who who would have ever... Do you think the founding fathers ever thought, you know... There's going to be a day that there's killing. There were killings then, by the way. There were guns and there was killing then. There's going to be killings, and our politicians are just going to maximize that for their ability to gain some power. You know, they had to talk George Washington out of leaving office. They were like, don't leave office. He's like, no, I'm leaving office. We don't need a king. We don't want a king. We want a president. I shouldn't do this forever. It's time for someone else to do it. Can you imagine that today? be pretty hard to believe. We have a president of the United States that is just tumbling in the polls. ABC News poll, Democrats, 58% want Biden out. 58% of his own party wants him out. All Americans polled, all American polled. 78% of all Americans say they do not want Joe Biden to run again. Almost 80% of the country says they don't want Joe Biden to run. That's astounding. That's an impossible number. And there's some in there that are undecided. So it means his numbers are even lower of people that want him to run. It's insanely low poll numbers for Joe Biden. There is only one good poll number for Joe Biden, and I'll save it for last because it's going to shock you. That's not going to shock you. It's really going to disappoint you, though. There's a State of the Union poll out there. They polled hundreds of Americans. It's a scientific poll. 
How many people watched the State of the Union and changed their opinion of Joe Biden? That would be a zero. Zero. Not one person polled watched this and had their mind changed in any way. Like, oh, we think he's more competent or less competent or we like his policies more or less. Zero. Not one person. They went into the speech knowing what Biden is. They came out of the speech knowing what Biden is. 42%, this is the majority in this poll, say that his speech was fair or poor. Only 37% thought it was good. And only 19% of the respondents think Joe Biden is a strong leader. 14% of the respondents think he's in good health. And 21% agree that he is mentally fit for the job. What? Wow. Now, you ready for the one that's going to make you mad? Because this one really makes me mad. It is astounding to me that this crap works on the American people. This is just astounding, and the Democrats are really good at this. It is astonishing that they are able to hoodwink the American people into this. 56% of people polled at, that watched the State of the Union address, 56% walked away from that believing that Republicans wanted to change or get rid of Social Security and Medicare. 56%. That is a massive number. That is a huge problem for Republicans. They've got to pass a bill right now in the House, the GOP House. They need to come up with a legislation that says, for 10 years, we will not change. We, we will go by the rate of inflation and increase Social Security and Medicare benefits and cannot be touched in any budget. It cannot be touched by either party in any budget. Just write the legislation. doesn't mean it has to pass. doesn't mean the Senate has to do anything. It doesn't mean the president's on board with it. Write it and pass it and put it out there for the American people to see. Republicans just passed this thing in the House that said they're not touching Social Security and Medicare. Just put it out there. House resolution, do it. That's got to be fixed by 24 or we're in deep trouble. It, you know, you can sit there and play the abortion card all day and some of these other things. If you start scaring old people and they're convinced that their Social Security check or Medicare is going away, your party's doomed. You've got... You're on the clock, Kevin McCarthy and Republicans. You got about 18 months to fix this. It's about what you have. You got about 18 months to fix that number. If 56% of the people watch the State of the Union and think Republicans are going to alter, change, or get rid of Social Security and Medicare, you're in deep, deep, deep trouble. You better get on it. KKHI is brought to you by Window World. Title sponsors, Window World. John Gillette and his team at Window World. They'll work with you anywhere in Kansas or Missouri. Just give them a call. They'll come to rural areas to your home, whether it's one window or a couple dozen windows. They also have great doors, uh, incredible siding, American-made siding at a low price, and, of course, their world-famous windows that are American-made, have a lifetime warranty. They're simply the best for less, and they're proud to be sponsors. The official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl 57 champions. Window World also won the J.D. Power Award again last year for customer service. It's everything you want a window company to be. Window World, 816-799-0820 or online at windowskansascity.com. 360 Document Solutions is online at 360documentsolutions.com. Mark Lindquist would love to work with your business to help you just be more efficient, more profitable, more productive, more professional in many ways. He is an expert in this field. He has been doing this for decades. This is actually his second company. He built the first one up and sold it. And now this one, 
He has started as the, uh, I would say, new iteration, but he's 360. He's been around for quite a while. They're so big. They're anywhere in western Missouri or the entire state of Kansas. They have people all over both states. They have an office near you, and they can come to your office and help you with anything you need for copiers and printers, any type of IT solutions or outsourced IT, mail systems, phone systems. They can get you out of the current equipment you're in that you're probably paying too much for, especially if you have HP products. You're spending too much money. Save and get better with 360documentsolutions.com. That's 360documentsolutions.com or call Mark at 913-745-5344. He's the big boss man, but if you call, he would love to personally be involved in your project. This is, he's still running the kind of company, even though they're pretty big, where the owner will be involved in your project. If you want to work with Mark, he'd love to work personally with you. 913-745-5344. And Backline Development, a custom home builder, building a gorgeous home in Lansing right now, is TJ. Man, if you can think of it, if you've got land, if you live anywhere, really, in the Kansas City area or Kansas West, TJ can work with you. Whether you've got farmland and you want to build something new on it, you want a new home, you got a commercial property you want to build or develop, he does it all. Back9development.com. If you want to see their portfolio of the great work they've done in Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan, it's all online at back9development.com. Remember he built the condominiums, the Solheim at Grandmere. They sold out those beautiful condos on the Colbert Hills Golf Course in Manhattan. He builds all kinds of uh, great commercial projects like that as well. Back9development.com. TJ is your guy. 785-236-0161. Well, we have our, our new thing here is lib on lib politics. And this isn't running for office. This is actually you're in office, you've won your elections, and now you're in the uncomfortable position of being a liberal trying to run something when your policies don't work or they contradict one another. Nowhere is this more evident now than between New York City Mayor Eric Adams and the province of Quebec in Canada, second largest territory in Canada. It is home to Montreal. Governor, I'm sorry, Mayor Adams in New York is overwhelmed by migrants that are, I don't know if you've heard about this, coming across our border by the millions and dispersing into the United States and immediately going to sanctuary cities. These people didn't dream from where they're from in Guatemala or wherever. I'm not picking on Guatemala. They didn't sit in Guatemala and dream of living in Knob Noster, Missouri or Goodland, Kansas. That wasn't their dream. Their American dream is Hollywood, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, big cities. They may stop in Texas when they get to a city and say, this city's great. They may stop to the ones close. They may stop in Tucson or Phoenix or San Diego before they get to L.A., they may stop and say this is good enough. But they're not all stopping. They've got goals, man. They, they're, they're, in a way, what we're learning about these migrants is, in a way, they're all tourists. They want to get here. They want to stay here. They want to live here. But when they first get here, they're kind of like tourists. They want to kick the tires. They want to look around. They want to see what's out there. And so many of them are finding their way to New York that New York is overwhelmed now with migrants. And Eric Adams has been doing what DeSantis did. DeSantis says, we'll take them out of here. We'll send them to D.C. and New York and places like that. Now Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, said, we can't handle them. 
I'm sending him to Canada. He's buying them bus tickets to Canada. And now authorities in Canada are saying firmly, I mean firmly, to Eric Adams to, quote, immediately stop, quote, any form of assistance, end quote, to get them here. And if you do, it is, quote, strictly forbidden, unquote. Now, at what point does Trudeau call Biden and say, listen, this is a huge problem. We can't have these. This is unbelievable. This is a liberal mess creating problems for other liberals. Is this something that can help them as liberals, as Democrats in this country, fall apart at the seams, splinter, break off? Because ultimately what the greatest thing ever for America would be would be if somehow that party splinters. That there's a a faction of that party that breaks off. Whether AOC takes her wing and goes far left and starts a third party, whether I was so hopeful the Black Lives Matter wouldn't be corrupt. I was so hopeful that they would organize as a party and put forth candidates, but they really haven't done that to this point. I would love to see BLM become a political party and put forth their own candidates. I think it would be great if there was a... Colin Kaepernick should run for president of the BLM party as an independent. He should get on the ballot. They should take their money, get on the ballot in all 50 states, and Colin Kaepernick should run in all 50 states for president of the United States as the BLM party leader. This would be the greatest thing ever. So I wonder now if immigration is the one where they're going to break. We know Joe Manchin has. He's broken on a lot of things. We know Kirsten Cinema in Arizona is breaking from her party because Arizona is getting ripped to the seams by all these migrants. Is this the one that will do it? Will we see somebody cave in New Mexico, for example, where a lot of Democrats are in power, but they've got migrant problems? We're seeing mayors of cities get rid of these migrants and dump them on some other liberal person's watch. And sending them from New York to Canada is only going to send them to Montreal. They're not going out into the farmlands. They're going to the cities, and they're going to go to Montreal. As if our cities weren't overrun enough and crime-ridden enough, we're putting most of the migrants in our cities. Not all of the biggest cities in America, but let's say the top. What what percentage of migrants do you think right now that have been here more than six months and have settled somewhere, what percentage do you figure are in the top 75 biggest metropolitan areas? I mean, to me, that sounds like over 90% of them would be in those areas. And New York can't handle it. And they're sending them to Canada, and Canada's saying, we can't handle it. Now the liberals are fighting with each other on what to do with these people, and Joe Biden continues to just let them in. And I've screamed from the mountaintop, if Joe Biden really wants to run, and he really wants to win in 24, what he needs to do first is close the border and say, look, I'm tough. I recognize the problem. I was welcoming these people, but we can't have this. It's too much. We're closing the border. That's that. Maybe another time and place after we organize it, we'll let more people in, but this has been too much. It's created too much chaos. I'm tough on this. I'm with you, American people. Uh, We need to close the border and have our own country. And if he just did that, he's not going to lose one vote on the left, but he's going to get a whole bunch of people in the middle say, okay, maybe he is sensible. He hasn't done it to this point. I guess we're glad that he hasn't done it to that. Well, we need to stop it. I, I don't know that anything saves his presidency. I don't, I don't know how he wins. I don't know how he beats anybody. I'm now hoping that Joe Biden runs and is the candidate. 
I don't know if you are of that belief, but that's what I want. I just don't want a wild card somewhere. I'd also take Joe Manchin if he wants to run. The reason I'd take him, I'm not sure he'd get through the primaries because the leftists really run the primaries. But if Joe Manchin ran and won, I think I could live with him. I could live with him. I don't think I could live with Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama or Joe Biden. I think I could live with Manchin. And I think there might be a lot of Americans say that. There might be a lot of people like my mom, a lot of people that would be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to give somebody who's in the middle a chance. There might be some people like that. The problem he'd have is, I think for Manchin, is a lot of the far left people, if he ever became the guy, I think they'd just stay home. I don't think they could vote for him. Or they'd do write-ins. He'd have a real problem on the left wing of the Democrat Party. Guys, it's going to be a fascinating presidential election. There's just no doubt about that. KKHI is brought to you by North Kansas City Dental online at nkcdental.com. Dr. Bill Bush is an award-winning dentist. He is the dentist to the Chiefs, and he can be your dentist. Just call and make that appointment. It's time for your regular cleaning. Let's do it. 816-471-2911, online at nkcdental.com. He's at Armor and Swift, just across the river in the Northland. He's also got an office in Westwood near the plaza. Ron Buck and his team at Buck Roofing are available 24-7 if you have an emergency. It's raining again. We've had some ice and some snow, and if you've got any kind of spots on your ceiling or have seen any sort of problem, call Ron, and they'll get right out. We're going to have spring storms coming here in a few months, too, a few weeks, too. So uh, it's a good time to get your roof checked. Get on his schedule. Get your roof checked out. It's absolutely free. 913-384-2680. You will sleep well knowing Ron Buck fixed the roof over your head. And Cross Kitchens KC. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. Family-owned and operated. Tim and Brittany and the little guy, Jed, they're just such a great young family. They're really, really good at what they do. They give you a complete, detailed 3D rendering of the project. With, and they have a design service, too. They'll help you pick out all your colors and countertops. Countertops are free through February. All right, we're halfway through the month here. It's Valentine's Day. So we're halfway through the month. And you got a couple more weeks to call Cross Kitchens KC and get free countertops with your job, your qualifying job this year. Anytime this year you get the job done, you get a hold of Cross Kitchens and say you're doing it by the end of this month and your countertops are free. 816-898-7047, crosskitchenskc.com. On to sports, and everybody's talking sports because the Chiefs are the Super Bowl 57 champs. And what does our paper of record write the day after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Oh, it's not their lead. Oh, no, this one's buried. They're going to take the high road someday and say we wrote this and put it up the day after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but they really don't want you to read it right now. They want you to read about the parade route. They want you to read about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. They want you to see their special section and do all that stuff. They're trying to make money off the Chiefs here. They're making money, and if you go to their website, you see it. If you pick up a paper copy, you see it, and they want to make money off the Chiefs, and I get that, and I respect that, and I just wish they'd be honest and say that's who and what we are. Oh, baby. The Kansas City Star, this is unbelievable. They have written an editorial that today, Valentine's Day, before the parade tomorrow, before the parade, the parade is uh, it's going to go down Grand. It's going to go north to south on Grand to Union Station. It starts at noon. That's the parade route. We have a really complicated parade route in Kansas City. Yeah, we're going to go south on Grand. We'll stop at Union Station. Hey, there's something to simplicity. 
You don't want to go confusing Chiefs fans. They'll be in an altered state on Wednesday. Don't confuse them. Just, you can't drive on Grand. That's a good rule. Grand's going to be closed for the parade on Wednesday. So I like that. Let's keep it simple for the Chiefs fans. Oh, no, the star thinks now is the time before the parade. With all, this is unbelievable. This is how, this really is an example of how different people are in our society. How we are, we really are not as much alike as we think. I guess we're all human beings, but I can't identify with this at all. That the time is now before the parade to make a statement, a loud and powerful statement for the Chiefs to finally drop their name and no longer be the Chiefs and announce that they are the Kansas City Kings. Because there isn't much difference between Chiefs and Kings. One is disrespectful, one is not. And I'm going to make my case again as a as a, a person with European ancestors, I am told that I'm three-quarters German and a quarter Irish. I don't know. I've never done the DNA. I've not done the family tree. It's not my thing. I don't care. I don't care what I am. Most people in my family think there's Native American in me somewhere because me and my one of my sisters are much darker. It's complicated. It's complicated. I got dark skin. I got darker skin than most white people with European ancestors. But whatever. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe I will. Wouldn't that be cool to find out I'm like 10% Native American or something? Don't know what would have happened 125 years ago, but it could have. There could be something to this. You just never know. Anyway, the Kansas City Star says the Chiefs need to change their name from Chiefs to Kings, and they should do it before the parade on Wednesday to make a powerful statement that they're on this. They argue, and I think they're correct in this, it's going to get changed someday anyway, so why not now? And I'm telling you, as a white guy, I'm offended by kings, and I'm offended by royals, because I see myself as an American first. And Americans and America were founded on running from the kingdom. By the way, I don't even like the term chief's kingdom. I don't get it. What, what, what does kingdom have to do with anything? I don't know why the mascot is a wolf, and this is a kingdom when the team is the chiefs and every symbol we have is an arrowhead or Native American. I honestly don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't, but none of it makes any sense. People just slap things on things and go, look, I'm as offended by the royals and by kings as anyone. This is offensive to me. Our country was founded on a simple principle. We're getting, we're fleeing the kingdom. No taxation without representation. You cannot be our authoritarian. You're a king and we're fleeing you. We're fleeing the kingdom. That's what we did. That's who we are. How much more offensive can it be than to be naming our team after those that oppressed us and our ancestors? That's what it's all about, right? The Native Americans today, it's about oppressing their ancestors, not oppressing them today. It's about their ancestors being oppressed. When we talk about black people in America, we talk about their ancestors being slaves. We're not talking about them and their American experience and the equality and the freedom and the, and the, the justice that we have today, which is the greatest on earth. There's less racism in America than any country on earth. No, this is about way back when. So if we're going to go way back when, and we can go back 160 years, why can't we go back 260 years? If I go back 260 years, let me tell you something. The king wasn't very popular. Neither was the royal family. 
This is offensive to white people. You can't be kings. You can't be royals. You can't be any of these things. It's offensive. Now, you obviously know that I'm not that offended by these names. The point is, other people shouldn't be offended by chiefs or Indians or any of these things. It's insanity. And the Kansas City Star writing this piece, man, these people, I've said it before, I'm, I mean it, I feel bad for them. I, I feel sorry for somebody that lives their life like that, that you wake up every day and you're just, oh, you're just trying to find something wrong with us. And it's just, oh, let's go find something about how we white people here that have founded America in this horrible country are awful and we got to change this stuff. Ugh. Ugh. Jason Kelsey has let the cat out of the bag. Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey had a hug on the field after Super Bowl 57. And Jason Kelsey has now told everyone, you may know this already, it was all over social media on Monday, of what he said to Travis on the field. He walked up and hugged him. He said three words. F you, congratulations. <laughs> What's more Kelsey than that? What's more Cleveland Heights than that? F you, congratulations. That was it. They hugged. Travis broke down and was crying in his post-game news conference in front of the media. So it was, it was uh, wild to see. Patrick Mahomes went on the Disney tour. He went to Disneyland he did interviews all over the ESPN platforms. They used to call that the car wash because you went to all the different stations of ESPN and went on. And then he went on Jimmy Kimmel Live on Monday, which isn't live. Jimmy Kimmel is not live. Jimmy Kimmel went on Jimmy Kimmel, whatever it's called. He was on Jimmy Kimmel Monday night. So that's all Disney Corporation. Patrick Mahomes collecting yet another paycheck. Nice, sweet money from Disney to go to Disneyland. It was close to Phoenix. I'm sure he was able to take his family maybe and ride some rides when the park was closed or get some special treatment. I'm totally good with that. That is what happens when you are the king of sports in America and Patrick Mahomes is the biggest star in sports in the United States of America. He is more liked and every bit as well known as LeBron James or Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan. And let me state this emphatically for everyone that works at ESPN, anyone that's ever been in journalism, Anyone that's pushing something they shouldn't be pushing, Patrick Mahomes is not black. If he is black, then I can call him white. That's it. That's it. If you can call him black, I can call him white. I don't want to call him white. I don't call him anything. I want to call him a great conservative American that's also the best player on the planet. That's what I want to call him. ESPN has been hell-bent over the course of two weeks, to remind everybody, this is the first Super Bowl game ever with two black quarterbacks. Yet, there are black people everywhere that do not agree, that do not think Patrick Mahomes is black. Sage Steele works for ESPN. She has lawsuits against ESPN right now because she made comments on a podcast about Barack Obama and said he is not black. Barack Obama is biracial. And if we're going to be a journalism entity in the United States of America, on ESPN, ESPN needs to change its policy. If you want to identify somebody as white or black, go for it. But we must also categorize people as biracial. Now, I think we all recognize that in the not-so-distant future, 100 years from now, the country is going to be majority biracial. I think anybody can see that and predict that, and that's not a bad thing. There's no complaint here, but let's start identifying it for what it is. There was a black quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and there was a biracial quarterback, 
Patrick Mahomes. What are Patrick Mahomes' children? His dad was, by all accounts, I've not, we've not done the ancestry here. His dad was all African-American. His mom and his grandmother that raised him were all white European-American. Doesn't that make him biracial, half and half? What does that make his kids? If he's half and half and his wife is all white, which she is, are his kids black? Do you see where I'm going with this? If we're just doing the percentages, the kids should be 75% white. So Patrick Mahomes, is a, we had two black quarterbacks, but his children are white? What, what? It's insane. This is ridiculous, and it cannot stand. They talk about changing the name of the Chiefs or the Indians or all these other things. This has to stop. We must start referring to Americans as biracial. This is very important. And the distinguish, distinguishing what races is not important. Let's just, if we want, if race is going to be the end-all, be-all, and we're going to talk about this all the time, and that's just what they're going to force on us, that we cannot go one day in America without hearing the word slave or seeing something racial or having something thrown in our face. If we can't do that, and we're just going to sit here and keep identifying, we have got to promote the term biracial. This should be a very, very Republican policy. There are black people, Hispanic people, and white people all over the place that want this. Biracial's okay. Biracial's the goal here, right? Isn't that the goal of the left? Biracial? We have to call it what it is. I can't think of anything less newsworthy or accurate than saying that was the first Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks. It's a joke. It's insulting. But much of this discussion is insulting. Patrick Mahomes doesn't identify as anything. Tiger Woods, it has been, it was almost, what, 30 years ago? Since Tiger Woods dropped a bomb on the left in this country. When somebody had the gall to ask him, his mother was of Asian ancestry. His father was an African-American. And they had the gall to say exactly, how do you, they, well, they wanted him to say I'm black. They, Tiger Woods has never said I'm black. He's never said I'm African-American. He's never said it, and it killed him. So they left it alone. They ignore it now and just think you'll look at him and think he's black. Do you remember what Tiger Woods said he is? He said, I'm a Coblin Asian. That's Caucasian, black, and Asian. He says, I'm a Coblin Asian. And that was the end of it. That, st that stuck around for about a year, and they just the media just wanted that to die. They didn't want any part of Coblin Asian. But that's what Tiger Woods says he is. He's Coblin Asian, Caucasian, Black, and Asian. Done. Done. I've got a better term. Biracial. <laughs> or multiracial. It's it just, it's, this one's going to wear out, folks. It, it may not be in our lifetime. This can't stand in America. This won't last. There's going to be a plurality of people in this country that are multiracial. And it won't matter anymore. This race thing will go away in America. It is a they're they're it's they're, they've got to be on their last dying uh, stranglehold of this thing. We have seen the black vote move to the right. Trump was part of that. We've seen that go from what six percent to fourteen percent. That's real movement over a short period of time. You get that thing to thirty percent, and you got yourself something. But I'm telling you, I've I, you know I, I had a conversation with Frank White one time who said he didn't think Barack Obama was black. 
This was not on the air. He's like, he's black, black Obama's not black president. We don't see him as a black president. I'd never heard that before. Frank White, Royals great, told me that, that Barack Obama is not a black president. I, I heard it with my own ears, right there in the hallway of the radio station. He's, he's not one of us. He's not African-American. And he didn't use the word biracial, but if you thought about it, that's what he was saying, is this man is biracial. Oh, boy, here's a good story. Damar Hamlin was interviewed. Damar Hamlin, uh, you remember Damar Hamlin of the Bills, was interviewed by Michael Strahan. Strahan asked him some real questions. Instead of the, hey, you're doing well. You're physically, you're doing great. We know the story. Let's move the ball down the field a little bit here and find out what the hell's going on. And Strahan's like, what did your doctor say happened? What, what do you have? What, why? Why you? Why did this happen? Damar Hamlin's response? Wow. Quote, um, that's something I want to stay away from, unquote. Whoa, wait, what? DeMar Hamlin, when asked what happened, what his doctors have told him, said, that's something I want to stay away from. And then he said, he's, he was, Strahan was good. He followed up on it. He said, well, wait a second. I mean, you know what? He said, look, I'm working on that with my doctors right now. I'm working my way through this, trying to figure it all out. Wow. Okay, so it was immediately reported, Commodio Cordis, which is the one in a million shot that your heart gets out of rhythm because of a, a blow to your heart, which is what it looked like. And it's reasonable to believe that. The question now is, is there something underlying that led to that thing being jolted as a 24-year-old? It usually happens with younger people, 14, 15, 16-year-old males. He's a little old for Commodio Cordis, but not out of the range. It's possible. This doesn't generally happen with older people. And Hamlin, I think, is 24. Now people are saying, wait a second, did he just give us a clue that the, there are doctors of his that they, this could be related to taking the jab, the COVID jab? Because we know what myocarditis is happening with young men all over the country. Is this a factor? I'm not saying it is. Nobody's saying it is. But he has opened the door to the possibility that it is a lot more than what they said. What a response by DeMar Hamlin and Michael Strahan. Um, yeah, that's something I want to stay away from. Well, here's something you don't want to stay away from. This is really cool. Skylar Thompson, former K-State quarterback, uh, Miami Dolphins backup, played in the playoffs, played against the Bills in the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of people have seen Skylar as just like a, he's a great story. He lost his mom very young. His dad raised him. They're good people. He's from right here in Kansas City. He had a terrific career at Kansas State. He was drafted by the Dolphins. He got a chance to play because of other quarterbacks getting injured. He did a nice job in that game, kept him in the game. Um, you know, it was just remarkable that they were able to go win and play in the playoffs against the Bills and have a shot. And it just was a really neat. Skylar Thompson is a really good story. And I don't know if he's going to be a great NFL quarterback, but he's a really good person. It's a really good family. And he's a great story. And now they're celebrating his first year here a little bit to do some good in his mom's honor. And in part, in his mom's honor, Skyler lost his mom when, when he was young to cancer. A night with Skylar Thompson. This is pretty cool. It's going to be an up-close and personal setting held at Goolsby's in Manhattan. It's part of the Bluemont Hotel on March 5th. There's going to be a lot of his former teammates, K-State players, VIPs, cool auction items. They're going to cater in Cox Brothers Barbecue. There'll be live music. It's a great cause. You can take photos. You can get autographs with Skylar Thompson. 
It is not cheap. This is a fundraiser. It is $100. And there is a limited number of people that are going to be in. You're going to have real access to a lot of great K-State players and K-State VIPs. And Skylar Thompson is the basically the honoree that night. A night with Skylar Thompson is March 4th in Manhattan at Goolsby's. All proceeds go to the Johnson Cancer Research Center, which is part of Kansas State University's Cancer Research Center. That's pretty cool. You want to learn more about this or to buy tickets or to become a sponsor. If your company would like to be a sponsor of this event, do it. Help us out. Be a sponsor. This is a great event. The link is on Skylar Thompson's Instagram page, at Skylar J. Thompson. Go to Instagram, at Skylar J. Thompson, or you can call Goolsby's and ask for more information. Uh, we'd love to have you be part of that. Make a donation to it. Maybe make a donation to the Cancer Research Center. Or go meet him, go to the event, or become a sponsor of it. Your company could be a sponsor of it. That's pretty cool. Skylar Thompson is going to be a very, very popular figure. He is, he's just the guy, he's, he's, he's just the person that you want an athlete to be. I don't think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback, but they were amazed at the progress he made in year one, the way he picked up the offense and how he was able to play effectively and, and just cool stuff. Skylar Thompson's a cool story. Really, really nice. College basketball. Ooh, Valentine's Day. Here we go. Missouri's at Auburn at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Both teams are 7-5 and five in the SEC. Missouri has the better overall record. But Auburn's a home favorite, five-point favorite in this game. Big game for Mizzou, man. They're coming off their biggest win of the year, knocking off Tennessee with that buzzer beater on Saturday. Kansas is at Oklahoma State. It's a place where sometimes they, it's a fight. Oklahoma State's been good at home. They played KU tough at Allen Fieldhouse, right? This could be a game. This could be a game. KU is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite, right? Two-point favorite now. And Kansas State is at OU, and I'll say it. This is very close to a must-win for Kansas State, or their season is on the ropes. And I don't mean they'll miss the tournament. They've done enough to get in. They can lose out and get in. But you, if they don't win this, they just lost a tech. They don't win this one. You're going to start at, and they commit 20 more turnovers tonight. They lose to Oklahoma, you're going to start saying, okay, who are they going to beat the rest of the way? It feels like, okay, now this is, the, this is where you get the benefit of the doubt if you're Bill Self. Or even a coach like Norm Stewart back in the day or whomever. The Dennis Gates doesn't get at Missouri right now, and Jerome Tang doesn't get at K-State. You don't get the benefit of the doubt that you're in some sort of a midseason slump and it's going to correct itself. When Kansas lost three in a row, you heard me say it. They'll correct this. They've got a midseason slump. Doesn't mean they're great. They're going to figure their problems out. Their young players will come along and play better. Their defense will get better. They will figure some things out. Bill Self has a track record. You know that's going to happen. They're not fully out of everything. They're not a typically great Kansas team. They're more like a lot of other of the good teams in the league. But they've gotten out of that funk. We've seen that. Kansas State, are you convinced that if they lose to Oklahoma that Jerome Tang somehow is going to pull this team out of its funk? Because they're playing really ugly basketball. They do not value any possessions. They just turn it over like that's what they're supposed to do. We'll just go down there and dribble off our leg or try to bounce pass through the lane where there's six guys in there or throw up an alley-oop over the backboard out of bounds. They just don't value the ball at all. And I don't know how that can change dramatically from Saturday to Tuesday, but I'll be watching to see because Kansas State, without a win against Oklahoma tonight, their season's on the ropes. I think they're destined. If they don't win tonight, they'll probably finish like sixth in the Big 12. They were, they were in first place like two seconds ago. 
They're probably looking at sixth place. And then maybe something like a six seed. At one point, they were a one seed three weeks ago. I said at the time, they're not a one seed. They're not one of the four best teams. We knew this. You could watch them play and know that. But their record was such, and their resume was such, that they had earned the right to be called that. Now they got to fix it. We'll see. They got the late start, too. Eight o'clock. Hey, don't forget on Friday at Finch Knife Company, they're debuting the Hatfield Collection of Pocket Knives. That's 1 p.m. Finchknifeco.com or visit Shields or the Bullet Hole. One o'clock debut. New series, new collection of knives. Finchknifeco.com. The Hatfield's coming out Friday. B-Stock, online at bstock.net. Your home for all things computers. They've got Apple products. They have Dell laptops, Windows 10 installed, Windows Pro 10 installed, $299 total. Just the installation is a couple hundred bucks elsewhere. When you think computers, think B-Stock. If you've got a company and you've got, I don't know, six, eight, 20 computers in your office and it's time to update them, B-Stock's your source, man. They've got everything under the sun, dozens and dozens and dozens of brands and types of computers. It's all right there at bstock.net. 14680 South Flaming Road. And Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Got the email back from the folks last week that said they had squirrels in their attic. Advantage came right out, took care of the problem. That was the end of that. You get squirrels in the attic, I'm going to tell you from experience, you better get them out because here's what squirrels do in the attic. Here's what animals do that people don't do. Okay, this is why animals are gross. I love animals, but they're gross. Squirrels in our attic took us weeks to figure out what the problem was. We heard the scratching. We didn't know. We finally got the critter doctor out there and they had peed and pooped all over that insulation and the wood and everything. The cleanup was a disaster. Ugh. What do you think bird's nests look like? You know, when they hang out in their nest all the time in the winter or when it's raining, what do you think bird's nests look and smell like? Ugh. These animals. It's Valentine's Day, folks. Kiss somebody you love. Give them a hug. Valentine's may or may not be your day, but it's a great day to tell somebody you love them. So have a great Valentine's Day from us here at KKHI. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Woo-hoo!